welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, I am on a tear today, on a rampage, (laughs) Uh, as we are getting closer to the elections, because I think although we are all um, suffering from election stress disorder, and I'm going to be talking to you today about the cure for election stress disorder. Um, I'm also going to be talking to you about what they're hiding about Joe Biden's mental and physical health. So, what I'm, what I'm, you know, on a tear about, on a, a rage about, uh, or very upset about is um, how people, well, first of all, the condition of our country. That's the number one thing. Every morning, it's, it just makes me heart sick to um, see what is happening to our country. And, of course, part of it is the divisiveness that there is. And, of course, the main reason why that is um, accelerating is because of the we're getting closer to the November 3rd election. Um. Of course, it's not only that. There are other things, the coronavirus, the lockdowns, the riots, the looting, um, all of these kinds of things uh, are going on and making, making our stress even worse. So I'm going to be ta- giving you a cure for election stress disorder. But first, I want to tell you one of the things, actually. This is, this is part of the cure. Um, one of the things that you can do to help your election stress disorder. And I'm going to tell you what all that is and everything. But what you can do uh, to feel less stressed at this time, one thing that you can do in terms of the elections is to become active. Um, Perhaps you have a favorite candidate at this point. Perhaps you don't know yet. Um, Perhaps you just want to make sure that the elections are fair. And that is very much up in the air. Um, there have been ballots found all over the place, <laughs> uh, random in random places. Some places it seems like the post office um, or someone who put a, there have been all kinds of different stories, either um, uh, ballots dumped by what seems like a postal worker. Um, it, there was a story the other day about uh, someone from a church who put a ballot box in front of the church. I, I'm not sure. It's not unclear whether he, what his position was in the church or if it was just someone who was a member or what, but someone put a ballot box in front of the church and uh, people started putting ballots in there. And it turned out that that was not an official ballot box and all those ballots are, you know, <laughs> who knows where at this point. Then there's also uh, Ilhan Omar, who has been doing, uh, having ballot harvesting in uh, Michigan. And I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm, that's a whole other story in itself. Um, but, you know, so it's understandable that we're all pretty upset about what's going on, the shenanigans that's going on. So one of the things that you can do to decrease your uh, election stress disorder 
is to become active in in any way that you feel um, compelled, <laughs> uh, passionate about. So, as I was saying, for your favorite candidate or just for the election in general. Now, what I have done in that regard is that I started a um, a change.org petition. And I'm going to tell you about it and um, hope that you will go to change.org and put in these words um, so that you can sign the petition. Now, the petition itself is not for any one candidate. It's for a fair election. And this is the title of the petition. Save our election. Demand two more in-person debates. No valid medical reason for virtual. That's the title of it. Save our election. Demand two more in-person debates. No valid medical reason for virtual, for having a virtual debate. And this is a petition that I will be sending to the Commission on Presidential Debates because, as you probably know, uh, the commission in all its wisdom, that's sarcasm there, um, has decided that to, well, they first decided that they would only hold the second debate as a virtual debate. And President Trump did not want to go along with that because in the first debate, um, it was quite clear that Joe Biden was wearing a wire. You may well have seen pictures of it on the Internet. And uh, that he was being fed, and you could see from his body language, he would, he would put his head down, and um, and it seemed like he was listening to what somebody was telling him to say in his earpiece. So imagine if it was going to be a virtual election, not only would uh, <laughs> it wouldn't have to be an earpiece, you know, there would could be um, um, signs or writing or all kinds of other ways in addition to help Biden. Uh, in addition to the probable uh, medication that he took, probably something like Adderall to make his mind work better, <laughs> which it seemed to do temporarily if you take away all these little helpers. Um, that's, so I'll be talking more about his mental and physical health in a minute. But let me tell you, I just want to go back to this petition because I really want to make sure that you feel good about it and that you go to change.org and sign it. So this is what I wrote to describe the petition. This election is the most important in our lifetime. So we need to be sure we know who the candidates are and what they truly plan to do for our country in the next four years. In-person debates are much more authentic than virtual ones. Do you want to know what they each really stand for before you cast your ballot? Of course you do. The only way to know this is to have the candidates debate the issues on live TV and face-to-face. So why has the Commission on Presidential Debates demanded that the second debate, originally scheduled for October 15th, two days from now, be virtual or not at all? They tell us it's because of COVID-19, but experts in all aspects of the pandemic say that sufficient precautions can be taken to allow in-person debates to take place. As of now, the only in-person debate is scheduled for October 22nd, too close to Election Day to make as much of a difference as the democracy demands. There are already questions and fears about the validity of the election because COVID-19 has made more people resort to mail-in ballots and irregularities crop up each day. 
So we at least need to make sure that the ballots are counted, that the, ba- the ballots that are counted represent that American's best choice. After seeing your candidate up close and personal in two more in-person debates, please sign this petition to add your voice to a call for truth, justice, and the American way. A little dramatic, but from the heart, and, um, you know, as you may know, I have been um, very much on top of all of this, what's happening in the election, Uh, all of the candidates, um, I've done tons of uh, TV and radio and print interviews about um, the election every which way, so I know what I'm talking about, (laughs) and yes. Uh, full transparency, yes, of course, as you, many of you know, if you've been listening to uh, some shows before, clearly I am going to vote for President Trump to have a second term, as I have voted for him the first time. Now, um, let me go on to uh, what you will not, I guarantee, well, I should, I, I, I pretty much guarantee, certainly I have never heard this or seen this anywhere except for one host when I was doing a radio show mentioned one part of this. But really, ask yourself, have you heard, what have you heard, if anything, about Joe Biden's mental and physical health? I will bet you that you have either not heard anything or not very much or not the truth. So, um, you know the story, the emperor has no clothes it's a fable or a fairy tale or a, um, you know, an old, uh, an old tale, a story um, that's a classic. And it's about an emperor who um, wanted to be the most uh, important emperor in the world and the, most, the richest. And um, he wanted to have a suit of clothes made for him that would be the best that would be out of gold or, you know, that everybody would look at him and say he's the ever best emperor that ever was. So uh, the people in the town who didn't like the emperor um, cooked up this scheme that they had two uh, tailors pretend to make a suit for him. Um, they clothes for him. They measured him every which way, and they had a sewing machine, and they were working for days and days and days to make this uh, suit this for him. And they, you know, eventually uh, they finished, and they put it on him, so to speak. You know, they made like they, they were putting something on him, and um, really there was no suit. It was all a fake. There, he was naked, Okay. And, uh, but he didn't know that. And everybody, you know, who came into the room would say, oh, what a beautiful suit. You look so great. Uh, Look at that golden suit. And so he assumed that somehow he just couldn't see it, but everybody else could. So then what happened was, and I know some of you are thinking, are remembering this story and thinking, oh, yeah, I remember this from my childhood, right? Um, So then the emperor went on a parade through the town and the only suit he was wearing was his birthday suit. He was naked. And everybody stood around. They were afraid to say that the emperor was naked, right? Except for one little boy in the crowd who said uh, to his mommy, the emperor's not wearing any clothes. And everybody, there was this, oh, 
<laughs> noise um, because he was, you know, he didn't know better, and he said the truth. So I am like the little boy in this story, <laughs> and I am saying the emperor had no clothes, and Joe, Bra- Joe Biden has no clue. It's time for everybody to stop pretending that he is wearing presidential material, that he is presidential material, and, and essentially wearing this, you know, this, he's wearing this fake costume, so to speak, not literally, not a, you know, he wasn't naked in the debate. Haven't seen him actually naked. That's a thought. <laughs> but he is naked in the sense that um, they have been managing, hoping that between now and Election Day, that he will manage to not make so many gaps that people will realize that he has dementia. Now, you probably have heard people joking about that, you know, joking about Joe's dementia, not the dementia is anything to joke about, mind you. Um, but people, you know, people who are so intent on um, having Joe Biden elected try to make light of it. Now, it used to be once upon a time that um, he would make these gaps and everybody knows, oh, Joe Biden makes these gaps. But as the years have gone by, is, which is what happens when someone has encroaching dementia, as the years go by, they get worse and worse. It's more obvious and they are more demented. And that is what is happening with Joe. And so it's much harder now to say that, um, that he doesn't have dementia. And yet, as I was said at the beginning, you know, you probably have not heard anything about this other than a few asides, you know, a few little jokes. Oh, well, you know, that's just Joe, right? Well, you know, not only um, am I outraged that a political party would dare to try to fool the American public by pretending that their nominee isn't too cognitively impaired to serve as president, but I am also angry that they are perpetrating this hoax on Joe Biden himself. Now, if you remember, Biden didn't really want to want to run for president. Originally, he didn't want to run. It took forever for him to throw his hat in the ring. And clearly, you know, although he said things about, oh, you know, he wants to spend time with his family and that kind of thing, clearly he was aware that he was uh, losing it. So all of this time that they are trotting him out on these campaign platforms, this is time that he is not being in a doctor's office, a neurologist, a neuropsychologist, um, a PET scan uh, technician, all of the kinds of people who you need to uh, diagnose and treat encroaching dementia because the sooner that you treat it, sometimes it's not treatable, well, usually it's, it, there are ways to slow it down, and perhaps, you know, perhaps he is uh, having some of those ways, um, but he, is cer- he certainly should not be uh, exposing himself and stressing himself and doing what he's doing rather than looking, uh, look, taking care of his mental and physical health. Yes, there are physical things wrong with him as well. You haven't heard about that either. Um, so, so instead, they're just hoping that, you know, that uh, he can ha- hold it together 
until November 3rd, and then they can put this big hoax on the American public. Now, let me tell you some of the more, more recent things that Joe Biden said. Um, he, he, just the other day, when he was having a campaign stop and, and giving a talk, um, he talked about, he forgot Mitt Romney's name, first of all. He, could, he, he couldn't remember who Mitt Romney was. He was trying to say something in regard to, um, it, was, it had to do with Amy Coney Barrett, who, uh, you know, the, because they were talking about that in regard to her being Catholic, and should that, you know, have any kind of an effect on, on an impact on whether she should be um, a Supreme Court justice or not. And so he was trying to talk about that, and he was trying to talk about um, this in relation to Mitt Romney um, having been Mormon. But he couldn't, he just remembered Mormon. He couldn't remember Mitt Romney's name. Okay, same day, um, he didn't know uh, what state he was in. Same day, um, he talked about himself as a proud Democrat running for the Senate, not president. (laughs) And he's made that mistake before, you know, which comes from his having run, run for the Senate in the past. He was a senator, and uh, so, you know, that kind of comes naturally. He's back in the past when he was running for senator. That was just in one day, these gaps. So why would it be that um, Joe Biden is having encroaching dementia? And what are some more signs of that? Um, When we come back, I will talk to you about some of the um, neurological, psychoneurological, if I could say it, psycho-neurological signs of his um, encroaching dementia. And I'll also tell you some of his medical problems, which you will find pretty shocking. So, uh, now, again, I have not personally examined Mr. Biden. I want to put that caveat in here. But I am a diplomate of the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology. In other words, I'm certified uh, of course, with a with a um, major, so to speak, in psychiatry. Um, but some of my patients, who I'm treating as a psychiatrist, have neurological disorders as well. Okay. Well, we'll be right back, and I will uh, tell you more about these things. And just hold on to your seats. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the Terrorism Hotline. 
And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where I'm talking with you today about the cure for election stress disorder. I will get to that. I have mentioned one aspect of the cure, which is to become an activist yourself. And I mentioned my petition on change.org, which is called Save Our Election, Demand Two More In-Person Debates, No Valid Medical Reason for Virtual Okay, so I was talking about Joe Biden, and again, I will repeat that I have not personally examined Mr. Biden, but I am a diplomat of the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology and have patients, treat patients who not only have psychiatric problems, but also neurological ones. Okay, so um, let me give you some examples of symptoms of encroaching dementia. Memory loss and confusion. Um, so I gave the example earlier about his forgetting Mitt Romney's name. Another example is he forgot the words of the Pledge of Allegiance. But not only that, um, he didn't seem to realize that what he was saying instead wasn't making sense. That is a more serious sign of dementia. There's also something that is similar called confabulation. Confabulation is when someone realizes that they have forgotten something And they make up a story, and they hope that people won't notice that they forgot what the real answer was, or they forgot just in general what they were saying. Disorientations. Now, I'm sure if you have seen Joe Biden on television um, in different places, you have seen that he always looks lost. For example, right after his uh, speech at the Democratic National Convention, um, other symptoms are behavior problems like irritability and lack of restraint. An example of that from a little while ago was when he called a reporter a junkie because the reporter was bothering him because he was asking hard questions. And a more recent example was during the first debate when he called President Trump a, pl- a clown, told him to shut up. You know, really things that come from a very, um, it's a part of the brain that doesn't temper it. You know, it's when you just kind of blurt out things without having, uh, without reflecting on it. Then depression and paranoia are also symptoms of encroaching dementia. 
and uh, that has been reflected by his having hiding out in his basement for months. You know, now he's going on the campaign trail because because he kind of has to. Um, but he's still making, as I was saying earlier, all of these gaps that are much worse than ones that he was making earlier. Now, here's the kicker. <laughs> Here, there is no wonder that Mr. Biden is having these neuropsychological problems because he has a long list of medical problems and they are coming home to roost. According to his doctor, his doctor um, put out a statement about his um, medical condition and he put this out in, in December of 2019. And at that time, um, he talked about that Mr. Biden had as a most noteworthy medical history item, the fact that he had um, a cerebral aneurysm that required that it resulted in a hemorrhage, a brain hemorrhage in 1988. And he had to have brain surgery. Um, when they were working him up for this surgery, they found a second brain aneurysm and presumably they um, repaired that as well. But how many more aneurysms does he have in his brain that are waiting to blow and end up in a bleed? Um, He also has atrial fibrillation, a heart arrhythmia, for which he's taking an anticoagulant. Currently, he's on an anticoagulant. This atrial fibrillation is a pretty serious cardiac arrhythmia um you can you know you, you can die from it like on the spot uh so and it forms clots you know when it's um the the arrhythmia the irregular beating of the heart can form clots and that's why he's on an anticoagulant but that is not a guarantee an anticoagulant doesn't guarantee that he's not going to have um a stroke or some other, or um, a sudden heart attack. He also has a history of a pulmonary embolism. He has also had multiple surgeries, including benign and and malignant growths, and more. He has um, a whole long history of medical problems. These are some of the highlights. Now, um, during the first debate, his signs of dementia were a little more subtle than they were uh, at other times than they have been, and then certainly than they were more, are, were more subtle than they certainly are now. Um, they some of the examples of this uh, are when he was asked about adding justices to the Supreme Court. He started off saying something like, whatever position I take on that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. You're in voting. I mean, in other words, he started to, he he made no sense. Whatever position I take on that, that'll become the issue. Yeah. (laughs) And then instead of going on and talking about the Supreme Court, which since then, it's become more apparent that he doesn't want to speak about it all, packing the court. But in any case, he then just went on to uh, telling people to vote, which was a, a total non sequitur. It did not answer the question, and it didn't even relate to the question. And then he started saying about, will you shut up, man? You keep yapping, ma'am. 
man to President Trump. The things that he did say were rehearsed lines. There was no substance. Um, and, you know, even if you are for president, for if, even if, if your favorite candidate at this point is Biden, you would want to have more debates to give him the opportunity to try to say something, some substance, some idea, some plan of what he's going to do. Um, so anyhow, um, that now it's unfortunate, actually, that uh, President Trump did keep interrupting Biden, because if he wouldn't have interrupted him as much, then we would have seen more clearly that Biden had dementia. So when there are uh, more debates, and again, sign my petition, please, <laughs> on change.org, but when there are more debates, um, uh, there really needs to be a blood test on both of the candidates to rule out or rule in that Biden has taken some kind of performance enhancer, like an amphetamine, like at all. Okay, let's see. I have so much to talk about. Um, Let's see. Uh, why? I'll talk about why some voters blame uh, President Trump for catching COVID-19 and even dare to say they hope he dies. That was the real um, shocker. You know, it's one thing, yes, if you're against him. Mean, certainly there are a lot of people, a lot of vocal people who are against President Trump. They have been trying to win back the election since he won it in 2016. But the shocking part is how far people are willing to go in their hatred or in their disappointment that Hillary didn't win. Um, and, it, I mean, so it's one thing to blame him. <laughs> it still boggles my mind how people blame him for coronavirus because, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not like he went to China and brought it to this country. Obviously, it's China that we should be blaming for coronavirus. Um, and Trump was just listening to doctors, getting all different opinions from various doctors and trying to tell people the most up-to-date information that he, you know, coalesced from these different doctors. And as we have seen, the doctors, from Fauci to Burks to um, all the other doctors who are putting their two cents in, um, they, are, they each disagree with each other, number one. And number two, they keep changing what they say people should do about it. And yet, people want to blame Trump. <laughs> and they also dare, said they also blamed him for catching COVID. <laughs> not only for you know, causing it or not curing it, but for catching it. Like he would want to do that. Yeah, there are even some people who are saying that it was a hoax, that he never had COVID-19 to begin with, which is, you know, pretty absurd. If you saw him walking to Marine One um, be on his way to the hospital, you know that this was not a hoax. He was not looking like a happy camper, and, um, you know, he was walking slowly. He wasn't, uh, but it was more his, not only his body language, but his face. You know, he, he, he couldn't even, he couldn't even pretend like, like, uh, he tried to smile and so on, but he couldn't even do that. He was really, he was really sick. Anyway, but the shocking part, I was starting to say, was that some people even dared to say that they hoped he died. Now, this is America, not Russia, China. You know, it's not like some dictator um, who you hope dies. Not that you should hope anybody dies, mind you. Um, but 
but people were saying that. Um, and so, um, so let's see, what is the reason why people were blaming him for catching COVID and hoping, daring to say that they hope he dies? Well, first of all, the most obvious reason is political loyalties. Uh, these are the people who have been blaming Trump for everything since he de- beat Hillary in 2016. Another reason is people want to believe that they have some control over whether or not they get COVID-19. So if you claim that the reason President Trump got it is because he didn't wear a mask enough or he didn't social distance enough, then you can try to reassure yourself by saying that if you do these things, you won't get COVID-19. So, and yes, these practices may help cut down the risk, but there is no surefire way to prevent getting COVID-19. So, in other words, by saying he was bad, he got it, it was his own fault because he didn't wear a mask and he didn't uh, have social distancing and and so on, people can feel superior and like, well, ha-ha, I'm not going to get it. All right. Um, Also, people who blame Trump for... um, getting COVID-19 on, on the masks and the social distancing that he didn't uphold are not taking into consideration other factors that made President Trump more susceptible to getting COVID-19. Other factors. <laughs> Number one is the stress of the job of being president and his working 24-7, which all of which weakened his immune system and made him more vulnerable to catching it. Then, um, for, as for people who are gloating on social media and in person about wanting him to die, this is really so troubling. Um, it's a sign of society further going downhill. People, you know, with COVID and the lockdowns and all of that, we have been losing our humanity and compassion and civility, just look at the protests and the looting, for example. And so this want saying out, in an outspoken way um, that you want the president to die is, is just another, is, is a shocking, but still uh, the latest um, uh, evidence that we are regressing as a society. We're, 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 we're becoming uncivilized. And then last but not least, in terms of why people blame Trump, uh, schadenfreude. Schadenfreude is when you get pleasure from somebody's misfortune. So these are people who are getting pleasure from President Trump's misfortune, you know, um, the fact that he got COVID. And this is like when people feel that a rich and famous Hollywood star who they don't like uh, and who they're jealous of is getting divorced or has gotten cancer or something like that. Now, many people are jealous of President Trump's success and power. So when he got sick and, you know, had, was at risk of dying, they were deriving pleasure from this. I mean, that is sick. That is sicker than COVID. So, you know, there was, there's a funny um, meme going around, um, like a cartoon where they, it shows uh, the press, core asking Trump questions and, uh, you know, in a very sort of, um, you know, the usual nasty derogatory way. And so one of the press people, one of the reporters said, how do you sleep at night? You know, in other words, like you do all these horrible things. How do you sleep at night? 
And in this cartoon, Trump says, naked and with a supermodel. (laughs) Gotta admit, that is a funny cartoon, whether you like Trump or not. Um, Okay. Still so much more to talk about. Um, What does it say about us that um, a fly stole the show uh, on uh, of the vice presidential debate. Uh, the vice presidential debate was somewhat of a yawn. <laughs> I will admit that. Um, and as you all probably know, uh, a fly landed on Vice President Pence's gray hair. And that just mesmerized viewers. Mesmerized. First of all, it was pretty interesting (laughs) that (laughs) Vice President Pence didn't seem to have a clue that that there was a fly on his head because he has a lot of hair and a lot of hairspray. (laughs) (laughs) And it was too stiff for him to be able to find or feel a fly. Um, And so everybody was wondering... What was going to happen? You know, was he going to realize something was on his head and swat it? Was the fly going to fall down on his nose? What was going to happen? Now, by that point in the debate, people were beginning to be bored, even though, of course, the topics were of vital importance to the future of America, uh, particularly in regard to Kamala Harris, because... um, if people vote for Biden, it's really going to be Kamala who is going to be president. And just think about that for a minute. I mean, come on. I know even if you are someone who hates President Trump, do you really, could you imagine having Kamala as president? I mean, clearly, as Joe Biden loses more of his marbles, it is going to be sooner rather than later that Kamala is taking over either behind the scenes or actually, um, you know, taking over the role of president formally. Uh, You know, this, another reason, (laughs) another thing that it says about us, that the fly stole the show, it's called Flygate. Um, We are, are captivated by the unexpected. So especially for things that threaten to end in making someone extremely uncomfortable or embarrassed or end in disaster. Now, you have seen this, um, you know, we've seen examples of this in the final rows, you know, in The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Um, We, you know, or even throughout the whole, not just the final rows, but the whole show is based upon us kind of waiting to see um, a, a disaster happen. And then also when someone is in the news, if someone is holding on to the ledge of a building, you know, that captivates us because we're wondering if the person is going to let go or not. Another reason why we were captivated was because the fly seemed to be like the only non-scripted part of the debate. Now, um, Kamala Harris was horrendous. She kept rolling her eyes. She kept making these smirks. I mean, so unprofessional, whatever kind of profession, um, you know, for a, a lawyer, or well, she is a lawyer, or a doctor, any kind of a professional person to be sitting, no less someone who would be the president if Joe Biden is elected. Um, it's so unprofessional. And uh, Mike Pence was saying, you know, really important things that made sense. Unfortunately, he was a little dry, I'll give you that. 
and he did go on a little too long. Um, but for all these things made it so that the fly stole the show. Well, we need to take another break. Um, when we come back, I will talk to you about uh, Amy Coney Barrett, and I will also talk to you about election stress disorder and what you can do. So stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking today about the cure for election stress disorder and what they're hiding about Joe Biden's mental and physical health. So I have talked about uh, Joe Biden. I could go on and on talking about Joe Biden, however, because um, I am really uh, terrified that by some, you know, kind of election quirk, the fact that I don't see how whoever it turns out seems to win the, the majority of voters or the electoral college on election night, November 3rd, or within the next week, or whatever, um, even if it's Trump, uh, you know, which would make me happy, but even if it's Trump, one cannot really be sure that the election was um, valid, because there are, so already, there are too many misplaced ballots. Ballots, not only have, there been, have they been finding ballots in all kinds of random places, junk, you know, thrown away, but um, people, there are reports from all different states about people getting ballots, um, absentee ballots, from people who are dead. 
So like a wife getting a ballot for her deceased husband, those kinds of things, it's happening all over. So how on earth, and so who's to say that people aren't filling out the ballots, the extra ballots that they get, uh, you know, and for the candidate who they want? I mean, I don't really, I think that they should postpone the election and make everybody, unless you have a valid uh you know, reason, like if you're a vulnerable person in terms of COVID, like people over age 80 and people who have underlying medical conditions like diabetes or heart disease, serious conditions, um, I think people should have to come out and vote, go to the polls. I'm planning on going to the polls just to make a point. <laughs> I mean, usually I get an absentee ballot, actually, just, just because I'm so busy and it's a lot easier. But um, I am going to go to the polls just to make a point that uh, you don't die <laughs> by going to the polls. I know. I hope I don't eat my words here. But no, I mean, you know, there, people, that is an exaggerated risk, if you, especially if you wear a mask. And, you, and they are making the polls so that they're not allowing too many people in so that you don't have to stay too, stand too close to people. I mean, they are doing it in a safe way. So there is no reason why most people cannot go to the polls to vote. All right. Anyway, you know, I'm just, I just had an idea. Maybe they should have two different um, ballots. I mean, consider the election two different ways, like... Um, you know, one is the votes that were cast at the polling places, and the other is including uh, votes that were counted by mail. That would be interesting to see if there was a different result. Anyhow, let me go on now to Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, the hearings are going on now to decide whether or not she could become a Supreme Court judge. Um, she is, if you either watch the news, watch her talk, um, or if you look into, you know, look her up, her background, she is really impressive. I can't imagine um, anyone having better credentials than she does. And it's so stupid because um, I've watched some of it, and the, what people are, and it's so political, of course, the Democrats are trying to not vote her in as a, as a, a judge, not because she's not qualified, but because they're afraid of having uh, someone who they're afraid will will vote more in line with President Trump, uh, especially now with the election coming up, because if there could possibly be a situation where the Supreme Court, you know, if the election is contested, which it probably will be, regardless of who seems like they won, um, it may well go to the Supreme Court. So the Democrats want to make sure that there isn't uh, some a judge on there who might vote that uh, the election should go to Trump, you know, that there's uh, whatever the issues are that they're uh, arguing about. So what I say is, so instead of looking, so they're asking her um, about, you know, how she would vote on uh on the uh, uh, on Obamacare, that's been a big deal. I mean, Obamacare is such a disaster. <laughs> like, why we keep talking about it is, and um, and they keep refusing to believe that President Trump uh, has put out a plan where um, the there is it's a personal choice, and um, 
illnesses, pre-existing illnesses are covered. You know, they keep trying to say that he's not going to do that when he has said and does plan to do that. So they're just bringing up straw men, things that don't make any sense. And then they are also talking about Roe v. Wade because she's Catholic. You know, how is she going to, is she going to overturn that? Um, you know, are we not going to have abortion? Now, I actually, that's the one issue that I don't agree with Trump or the Republicans who agree with this on. I do think women should be allowed to have abortions. Uh, they should be, it's their body, and they should have that choice. But um, since, you know, that one thing that I disagree with um, is not enough to have me vote for someone who is demented, and a party who plans on turning America into a socialist country. Yes, I should mention that that is the key, key. Um, It's not just about Biden and his dementia and his medical problems and Kamala Harris, who's a disaster, but it is about the the progressives and the Democratic Party who are taking over. Um, Just because we haven't heard much from Bernie Sanders, he made a deal, you know, to drop out of the race by making Biden agree to put forth some of the things that he wants to put forth, which are socialism, socialist principles, America. I mean, that is what is at stake. That is why this is the most important election. Well, anyway, um, so with Amy Coney Barrett, what the Supreme Court hearing should focus on uh, is her childhood. And, um, no childhood is perfect, but Amy seems like one out of Norm, a Norman Rockwell painting. She's the eldest of seven children. She has five sisters and a brother. And eldest children, especially girls, most often grow up to be very responsible, conscientious, and reliable high achievers, which she certainly has done. And they care about other people because they've cared about their younger siblings. Her father was a corporate attorney, a very responsible job. Her mother was a high school French teacher and homemaker, and both of them inspired her. She was, her family and her upbringing was Catholic, and some people, you know, don't like that, but, um, which is pretty horrible, but in America. But um, the fact that someone was raised in any faith that worships a loving God and that teaches the Ten Commandments should be seen as further proof of their being grounded in justice. Whether she's Catholic, um, Protestant, Jewish, whatever, you know, the person is who is taught the Ten Commandments. Her school performance is amazing. Um, She got scholarships to college and law school. She went to Notre Dame Law School. Um, She was graduated first in her class at Notre Dame, not some uh, schlocky school. That's a pretty high achievement. Um, she uh, she was um, she married after uh, law school. She married someone who was a, a classmate of hers. They have seven children. Their youngest child has Down syndrome, and they adopted two children from Haiti. And so, what does all this say? That they have a lot of love to go around, and a lot of reasons to make sure the U.S. continues to be a wonderful place for their children to grow up in. And how would she do this? By upholding the Constitution. Now, I promised, uh, okay, I have time left to tell you about election stress disorder. Um, 
So what is it? Uh, election stress disorder is a constellation of symptoms, both psychological symptoms and physical symptoms. The psychological symptoms are anxiety, depression, frustration, fear, anger, and the physical symptoms are symptoms of stress. So this could be anything from headaches to high blood pressure, uh, ulcers, you know, all the typical things that uh, stress can cause, which actually it can cause anything from colds to cancer. And most importantly for us now, uh, a weakened uh, stress causes a weakened immune system. And we certainly don't want that at a time of COVID. Now, why is this year different from all other years? This year is um, much worse. because The stress, election stress is much worse because um, not only do people feel very divided about the issues, uh, very polarized, and this has been coming since 2016. The polarization has been growing since 2016. But we also are already stressed out by coronavirus, natural disasters, and racial tensions. So how can electric, how can electric, how can election stress impact our life? Uh, you, you just look around what, what's been happening. It can affect people's relationships with their family, with their romantic partners, at their workplace. It makes us more irritable. It makes us more likely to get into arguments about who's the best, the better candidate and about different issues. And so here's my prescription to cure election stress disorder. First of all, be careful when you talk politics with anyone who may have a different opinion and stop the conversation before it gets too heated. People are losing friends, they're losing marriages because they get into these heated discussions. And it becomes less about the, uh, the issues and more about, I hate you. You think that? You must be an idiot. Then uh, consume a balanced diet of media. Mix in entertainment with news, not 24-7 news, or that will drive you crazy. Practice basic self-care. Enough sleep, enough exercise, vitamins, nutritious food, stress relievers, and at least one hour of laughter a day. These are the same basic rules of self-care that I've been talking about in previous shows about how to prevent uh, coronavirus. Find a new hobby to become absorbed in so you can take a break from the noise. And last but not least, sign my change.org petition and the words that you need to put into the search bar at change.org are... Save our election. Demand two more in-person debates. No valid medical reason for virtual. And in fact, since I wrote this, um, Trump has tested negative uh, on more than one occasion. So there really is no valid medical reason for virtual. Before it was that doctors were already, when I wrote this, doctors were already saying that there was no valid medical reason for virtual. And now he's tested negative at least twice. So save our election, demand two more in-person debates, no valid medical reason for virtual. It's in the description of this show. I don't expect you to memorize this. But really, folks, um, the reason why I feel so passionate about all of this and why I'm trying to get you to feel so passionate, too, is because the future of our country hangs on this election like no other election in my lifetime. 
It is not an exaggeration. And the reason is not because of Trump in particular or Biden in particular as people. I mean, although, as I've been talking about, um, there are reasons, certainly. Um, I mean, Trump, you could tell, and he's stronger than ever. I just saw his, watched his speech that he gave in Florida after he was sick. He's coming out stronger than ever, I think, because, um, you know, he faced his mortality when he had COVID. And he's more passionate than ever about making America greater uh, a second term than he was able to do in just one term. But it's the, the key thing is why this is more important than ever is because we don't want America to become a socialist or communist country. And that is what will happen if it goes to the Democrats. Well, thank you for listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 